Welcome to the Old Chick Snow Shit Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Arthurton. This podcast is dedicated to helping midlife women step into the inherent power and wisdom of a time of life when they often feel overlooked and underrepresented and even begin to doubt themselves. Each week, we will cover information and inspirational topics along with real stories from real women who are defying cultural stereotypes and perceptions of midlife. Women who are reinventing themselves, starting businesses, chasing their dreams, and tackling challenges they never thought possible. Hello, friends. Happy to be back with you again on another episode of the Old Chick Snowship podcast. I have an amazing guest with me today. Her name is Nancy Marmalejo, or more casually known as Nancita. <laughs> Nancy and I met actually at a training that we both went to maybe about a year and a half or two years ago. And I got to know Nancy and her her amazing deep genius product, or I don't know if I'm going to call it product service, uh, exploration um, in what she does in the world. So Nancy works with entrepreneurs, executives, or really anybody who is interested in bringing to bear their innate strengths. Uh, to find their innate strengths and to bring more of who they are into the world. So welcome, Nancy. I'm so happy to have you on this podcast with me. I've been wanting to be here, so I'm excited because I love the whole everything that you're doing. (laughs) I know. I've been wanting to have Nancy on the show for a while because I just think what she's doing in the world is so amazing. And I thought for my audience, I just think this is super applicable. So, you know, a lot of us in midlife, you know, in our late 40s, 50s, we think about what's next for the next chapter of our lives. And quite often we downplay everything that we know. We downplay our skills and our strengths and we, we doubt ourselves because of that. And Nancy's work is all about bringing all of our gifts to the surface. And he has an amazing story of how she's used her own tools to, to reinvent herself along the way, which we can jump into as well too. But I just think it's really, a really amazing work that Nancy's doing. And I want to share that with you. So tell us, Nancy, first of all, let's just set the context text for what is Deep Genius and what do you do with it? How do you apply it in the world? Sure. I think that deep genius is something that everybody has and you might be aware of it, you might not, but it's really that sum of your smarts and your innate strengths and your life experience that uniquely makes you you. It defines your value in a very unique way, whether, you know, this combination of certain types of strengths, even a certain temperament, life experiences, formal education, training, it we we all come with this really beautiful, unique quality to us. I encourage people to understand those aspects of themselves, why those combinations are unique and how they can work in your favor. And I use a lot of it for leadership and for business, but I also use this with artists and people in the community and just kind of sitting around. I, I kind of talk about it all the time. Like I could be sitting in a park and somebody <laughs> You know, it's like, do you know you have this beautiful combination of strengths? And, and and I think that that knowing about that of us and claiming it, it's a very powerful, powerful thing. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, I know after the first time that I heard you speak about Deep, deep Genius, it was kind of like, it got me thinking. I'm like, hmm, so like, how do I bring all of these parts of myself together? And I was very much in a process of reinvention at the time, you know, that I met you. And like, just the whole concept of, you know, bringing a unique set of talents to the world, I found really, really inspiring. How do you counsel people 
and we can, well, we can dig into this over the whole course of the next 30 or 40 minutes that we're together, but how do you counsel people to be even begin to tap into their deep genius? Like where would a person start? I, I find that some people can look at themselves. Like I'll just say, what are some things that come easily and effortlessly to you? And that's not a unique question. A lot of people get asked that in any type of a strengths assessment. You know, what are the things? Are you naturally creative? Are you naturally analytical? Are you naturally a, a people person? You know, what are some of those things about you that they're just sort of about you and who you are? Having that understanding about yourself generally most people can self-identify there. Hmm. It's always good to get somebody close to you to say, did I miss anything? And they might say, well, you're very compassionate. You're such a good listener. You know, I love how you can, you just kind of know what the decision is to make, or you're not afraid to make a decision. So there's a fearlessness about you. And there's these so it, it creates a bigger picture of who we are. Hmm. And then just looking at, you know, I even say look at your schooling, look at your like was there something that you formally learned that you discovered was something really incredible or it, it, it matched up with one of your innate strengths in a really unique way? Like my daughter is naturally very artistic and creative mm-hmm. and she has recently taken a, a love of science and, and World War II history. And so I'm watching her because she's, she's still in high school. I'm watching her sort of take her innate strengths and bring in all this learned stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching that, how it's creating this very... Like, where's that going to go? What's that going to look like in college? And then the last thing, which I think is always good to talk with somebody about because we can reflect back to each other is life experiences. Mm. Understanding how our life experiences define us, whether they are the beautiful, beautiful life experiences like, you know, holding a kitten or having a a child or achieving something great or the really challenging ones like caring for an aging parent or dealing with trauma, loss, and grief. All of those things wake up strengths in us and aspects of ourselves that we didn't really know that we had. So that's that's the excavation process. That's that last point you just made, I think is really interesting because that I think is the part that I think is probably one of the most powerful things is our, is our life experience. But I think it's the thing and especially as women that we tend to discount the most, we kind of take the well, I did what I had to do attitude and I got through it, but not realizing that we have gathered an immense amount of resiliency and learning and skills through the process of all of that hard stuff that we just like don't take into consideration. Um, Very true. And I, yeah. And I know I myself have had to go back and be like, oh yeah, like, you know, <laughs> I learned this, I learned that, I learned this about myself. I know this, you know, that I wouldn't have learned if I hadn't gone through, you know, whatever experience that was. And I find usually it's the bad ones <laughs> that I have the most learning from. Yeah. Right. I think that's the part of ourselves that we often just discount the most. I remember when I was a teenager, there was this local organization that was going to help teenagers get jobs and they showed us how to write a resume. And we're like, hey, I'm, I'm a teenager. I have no experience. And it was great how they went into our lives and pulled out the, oh, the skills yeah. and the strengths that we had. You know, have you ever taken care of a younger sibling? Have you ever had to do this stuff around the house? Have you ever had to take this responsibility? And realizing that we do have a lot more than we give ourselves credit to. And, and it's really about owning it and then naming uh-huh. it, claiming it and saying, you know, this is, this is something I bring to the table. 
because there are, I come from a family of six kids and we're all a little bit different. We all bring a different perspective. And like one of my sisters, she's just a born project manager. Whenever there's anything, it could be Christmas or, you know, my parents' funeral, whatever it is, you know, there's a spreadsheet involved and she's got it. That, 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 that. that is not my forte. Mine is the creative the experience. And then we have other people, you know, one, my brother, the other brother's a graphic artist. I mean, we have all these different things when we bring it together, it all works. But just knowing that and claiming it and then letting people know that's like, you come to me for that wild vision of the event. You go to her for the project management and know that everything's going to go smoothly. That's important to do, whether it's in your work or even just in your life. I don't know. It gives, you, it gives you a sense of importance too. Yeah. It's like your brand really, right? Like what am I known for? Like what do I stand for? <laughs> Personal yeah. branding. Oh yeah. Well, that's the work you do, right? <laughs> how did Deep Genius uh, originate and how, have, how has it come to play in your life? Like how did this birth into the world and how have you used it personally? Just from a concept point of view, if I look at my work history, I grew up in a family business so there were a lot of things that I learned at an early age that other kids my age weren't learning. Like I was learning how to manage people and run the snack bar of a flea market. That was important work. Uh, at the age of 14, 15, you know, up until I was like 18, all my weekends in high school were spent at this flea market. And then I became a teacher after I got out of college and I did that for about 10 years or so. And then when my daughter was born, I decided to walk away and start a business. And I started looking like, oh my goodness, what am I, what am I going to do? You know, it's like, I was so used to teaching. It's like, well, you know, I didn't want to tutor. I wanted to be home. So I was looking at like, you know, what kind of internet based business can I do? And I discovered the world of coaching. And in looking at that, I realized I can bring all of me to the table as a coach. I can work with people on drawing out their gifts and doing something and expressing it. And I can help people marketing with marketing and business implementation. And so that became for me the first sign of, oh, I have this really unique path. Because everybody would always ask me, how did you get started in coaching? Because I've been a coach. I've been coaching since 2003. And it, it, back then it was like, it was kind of laughed at and nobody knew about it. Now it's so cool. Everybody's got like a personal coach. I got my coach. And, and so everybody's like, how did you get into this? Oh, I don't know. Sometimes I think they were saying that to like try to discount it, but they find <laughs> right. out where I came from, what I brought to the table and the type of people I was working with. I mean, I was immediately working with business owners, working with leaders, working with entrepreneurs in a variety of settings. I worked with other coaches and consultants, people who wanted to leave corporate and start a consulting business. I mean, bam, all these people, mostly women, very creative, big idea people who just needed to get that idea figured out and how it was going to work. And so looking, looking at that and how that became like the core of my business, I realized everybody has this aspect about themselves. And I had rebranded my business in 2013 to talentandgenius.com and I'd use this phrase deep genius. And then it was when we were working with Jill doing our, our TED Talks, mm -hmm. Jill Wesley, who we met through. Yes. Um, Shout out I to love. Jill Wesley. <laughs> I love Jill Wesley. I was saying something about deep genius and she's like, pause, wait, stop. I love that phrase. And she's got such an ear for, yeah. for catchy sound bites. And she's like, you got to just like, 
run with that phrase. I'm like, oh, I use it all the time. I've been using it like for four years <laughs> as part of a subtitle. And so I ended up trademarking it and creating a whole bunch of stuff around it. And it's really cool. Like it is very, the concept that we all have genius inside us and we just need to, you know, find a way to tap into it or to bring it out. And to, like you said, own it. It's just, I think it's a real, really powerful, especially like as many of us kind of look to reinvent ourselves in, in midlife and we've had these varied experiences, it's like, how do I package all of this stuff to get me to where I think I want to go next or where I know I want to go next, yes. right? So that could be a new career, starting a business, whatever, you know, volunteering at an organization. But how do I pull all these pieces of my life together in some semblance of order that actually, you know, yes. shows my qualification for where I need to go next? Because I think we exactly. a lot on that front. And it's interesting because right now you said, how do we package ourselves? And I almost want to veer away from that word because it feels so like we're a product that's going to go on a shelf. Right. Like we're creating like the, the version we want people to see of us. This is like, <laughs> no, this isn't the, the, the I'm, you're, you know, I'm going to close the door in my dirty closet. and You're not going to see everything. This is just, this is me, who I am, who you are. Hmm straight up front, authentically, to really own that. Because one of the things I've found in years and years of also doing personal branding along with everything else I do is that a lot of people try to engineer a version of themselves for the world to Mm, see. Interesting. I want you to see, you know, me with all my best traits. And I'm not saying to dump all your dirty laundry out there in front of everybody, but just be real, Mm. be real. And it, it is pulling you all together and it is owning and claiming and you do it for you first. Yeah, I, I love what you just said because I think that touches on something. One of the superpowers that I think that women who come to midlife have is authenticity, right? Like that's the time where you like, you don't have the time or the energy or the inclination to, you know, posture or to be who you aren't. It's like where you're like, this is it. <laughs> I am me. And I kind of tie deep genius into that. It's like, okay, I'm pulling all of these pieces. And this is together. And this is the real me. Like this is like all the good, the bad, and the ugly packaged together. Next, mm-hmm. package, I got to stop saying that word. That's the marketer. <laughs> coming out. No, I know. I, I'm not trying to say don't, don't yeah. use it. I, just, I was realizing when I heard it, I was thinking of like a box of cereal on yeah. the shelf. Yeah. It's shiny. Yeah, yes, no, I, you say it, I'm not going to. And really, okay, so I'll rephrase it and say it's really about owning all of the parts of you and all of that experience and like the skills that you have and just really owning it. Like, you know, stop doubting yourself. Like, stop dismissing it. Like, pull that stuff to the front and be like, this is it. Yeah, that's that's so cool. So it really is. I mean, Deep Genius really is about pulling out your authenticity and putting it front and center. Right. I have a, a little story to share around yeah. authenticity. Just <laughs> us girls. And we're talking about women in midlife. So I, I found myself single about a year ago or, or a little bit more than that. I'm spring of 2018 so that people know what time frame I'm speaking of. And after like about eight months, I decided, okay, because I didn't want to date or anything. And I kept saying, somebody's meant to be in my life. Somebody's going to show up in my life. And then I realized that I just, I really have a big girlfriend network. And it was like, I wanted to find a man and I don't really have any men in my network. And a lot of my (laughs) friends are either single or already married. And anyhow, there were no prospects. There were no prospects. And then my male friends are mostly gay. And I'm just like, okay, this, we got to rework this. So I decided to go online and do like the whole. For the dating, dating apps? Thing. 
But what was different about it this time was I realized like, oh, I'm not looking for like the baby machine. It's not, it's not around anymore. <laughs> I'm not looking for, you know, I don't have the biological clock saying must have a baby, got to find a person. I take care of myself. You know, I keep a roof over my head. I don't, I'm not looking for somebody to, uh, you know, put their, you know, provide for me in that sense. And there were just all these things that I realized at another point in my life, those were important. Like I, you know, let's say it was back 20 years ago, I was looking for somebody who was also looking for, you know, to start a family. That's not, yeah. So, so there was this authentic, it's just me. There's no ulterior motive. I'm not coming here with an agenda. And if, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot from that. I met a wonderful man. Perfect. <laughs> it, just, it all came around great. But I learned so much from that about the value of being authentic and just like, you know, it either worked. It's like you're either the, the, the swipe left or swipe right. It became really easy understanding mm. and being able to communicate my side of the story. Anyhow, it's kind of personal. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, and because really, I think it is a superpower power because, you know, for a lot of my our lives, lives and myself included, like, you know, you, you are who you need to be as a mom to get by as a wife, as in your career, do whatever. And so you kind of create all these little versions of yourself that go do the things that you need, to, you need to do. And then you're like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Like the amount of energy it takes to be all these different things to different people all over the place. And now it's like, okay, I just need to be me. And like, how do I find all those pieces? So I pull myself back together. Yes. Which is so great about this old chick, no shit. Because I love the fact that we're at this point in life where we're not doing this stuff for other people. We're not doing it to, you know, get something or to somehow manipulate the outcome. It's just this authentic, this is me. Love it or leave it. And I think that's a similar um, stance around looking at our strengths and looking at our genius. It's just, it's very honest. Like, Mm -hmm. here I am. This is what I bring to the world. Yeah. And um, I mean, I truly believe that uh, as women in midlife, we are, I want to say, the leaders of of the next generation. So, you know, we've had our kids, we've done all of our nurturing duties. It's now about us. And I feel like this is the time where the universe, nature, whatever you want to call it, is saying, okay, now it's the time to share your gifts with the world. Like, now's the time to be you and to honor you and everything that you are. And so collecting back all those pieces and finding the deep genius within you, I think is almost imperative at this point in life because our focus is different. Mm-hmm. It's all about how we share our gifts with the world and can't share the gifts if you don't know you have them. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, this is just a perfect time of life to do that because we're, you know... We're still young and wise. I think it's just the wisdom. I notice my wisdom growing and I think, whoa. Of course, I wish I knew what I know now when I was younger. (laughs) Don't we? Don't we all? (laughs) Sometimes I meet people who are younger and they have this wisdom and I think, oh, wow. If I had if I had known that when I was your age, it would have been a lot of things turned out differently. Yeah. Well, I was reading an interesting thing the other day um, that said that, so killer whales, 
um, <laughs> are the only other mammal that goes through menopause, right? That actually has a, a thing like where they have life beyond their reproductive years. And the female killer whales stick around and they become the leaders of their pods. So they help support the rest of the pod. They're like protectors and guiders of the pod. And I just thought that was such a perfect analogy for us um, as women at this time of life. It's like, okay, you know, society would have us believe that you've had your kids, your kids are grown. Okay, there you go. Just sit around and wait till, you know, the old age home comes to get you. But the reality is, is like, that's so not true. There are so many brilliant, you know, vibrant, amazing women out there who have so much to share. And this is the time where we need to be to find our collective deep genius and to start sharing that with the world in a big way. So, You're here. you know, yeah, like I, I, I love the whole concept of just being able to find that, you know, those things inside you, those things that you take for granted and mm-hmm. um, to pull them out and to own it, like you said. Yeah, yeah. super cool. So I know you've had, you've had to reinvent yourself a couple of times in your life. <laughs> um, and if you don't mind sharing it, you don't have to share the gory details, but uh, however much you want to. <laughs> Only share what's comfortable for you. But just tell us how, a little bit about how Deep Genius kind of played into, or finding your Deep Genius kind of played into your whole process of reinvention. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, what I love is right now, reinvention is sort of the norm with people switching jobs more frequently. And I think I have peers who have still, like we might have started teaching together a million years ago and they're still doing it and they're just like counting down till retirement. And I'm happy for them. I haven't walk that path. Mine has been different. And so I have had to do the reinvention because it's a reinvention to survive. It's a reinvention to be able to adapt and keep going. And so it's an acute awareness of what do you have in your toolbox and what are the things around you that, you know, where can that all interact? And it, it's, there's something that when we get put into like a survival challenge or some kind of a, mm-hmm. you know, a challenge where you have to escape. I went to an escape room a couple of weeks ago and it was just like, I was really into my whole, like, gotta get out of here. Gotta, you know, how are we going to do it? <laughs> and, and everybody's, you know, focus is heightened and everybody's, you know, problem solving abilities are heightened. And I feel that when you're in a place of reinvention, you have to go into that place. I mean, that really is the place of reinvention. So if you realize that change has to happen, but you are defeated by it, you're overwhelmed by it, and you surrender Mm -hmm. to it and just say, I quit, I can't do it. That's going to be very difficult. And I'm not saying we don't have our days when we feel like, like, this is too much, I can't handle it. But I'm a firm believer in having practices in your life that help to calm you down, whether it's meditation or exercise, or I'm always listening to these um, binaural beats. Mm, Yeah. Kind of keep my brain focused and concentrated and stress reduction. I have all the settings. You got to be in that place because then you're you know, your, your nervous system isn't going crazy and your brain's not freaking out in fight or flight mode. You've got to be in a problem solving place. So, okay, change is looming. Something's got to change. How are we going to do it? Calmly, let's look at it and understanding, okay, I have this strength. I have that strength. I have this strength. There's this opportunity over here. I'm going to try it out. And I mean, that's like the framework for it. For me personally, like when I quit teaching and started my coaching business, perfect example of having to draw upon 
all the stuff because my husband did not make a ton of money. I was making the majority of the money in the family and we were right about to lose my income. And so I didn't have the luxury of going, you know, I think I'll spend a couple of years trying to figure it out. I'm going to find myself, you know, I was like, no, <laughs> I've got, I got shit to do. <laughs> I got shit to do. I got a baby. I got, you know, a mortgage. I got all this stuff. It's like, and it was, you know, wasn't going to just come out of the air. So that was that. A year ago, this whole relationship thing, <laughs> that was a blessing. God, if the guy's listening, I'm not going to say, but I'm just saying it was a blessing. That's all I'm saying. I'm gonna, it was a blessing for so many reasons because one, I had to take stock of where I was not fully utilizing my genius. I had let a few things kind of lapse and let him take care of. And when that relationship ended, it became very evident things that I, you know, I, I, I wish I'd been more prepared to live, you know, to move and all that stuff. But I was able to redirect my focus and I started a second business. I have my coaching business where I do my coaching and my speaking, but I had a lot of clients who were asking for social media management. So I started this little offshoot business. I call it a micro agency. So I started this other little business uh, for social media management and marketing and that was a necessity. I've always been a social media person. I have a, I'm a good writer. I have a great sense of visuals and aesthetics and branding and was able to help, you know, some clients with their, you know, their stuff. And, and so all of that together, that was a huge, huge transition. And that was a huge reinvention just as far as like, you know, how I was going to make money. But it was like, we don't have time to sit around and think about this, people. We got to get on to right. a solution. And that, that happened. So, so when I say it was a blessing, I am a year later, I am such a stronger person. I'm so much more confident. I am so much more me. And I didn't realize how I had been dimming my own light, which is dimming my own genius. So sometimes oh. there's people in our lives who dim our lights and dim our genius. And, you know... You don't always realize it's happening while you're in the middle of it. Yeah, that is so true. So a couple of things you said that just really struck me is so this concept of change, like life is always changing. And I think why a lot of women struggle with this point of life is because we are, you know, we are being asked to make big shifts, right? Like our kids are leaving home, you know, maybe our, our career doesn't fulfill us anymore or whatever it is, but you reach this point where you're like, hmm, okay, I got to do something new. And we, and we resist it. Like we even, okay, let's take it down to the basics. Our bodies are changing, right? You might gain a few pounds and lose a, you know, a few more wrinkles and a couple more gray hairs or whatever it might be. And we are so hanging on so tightly, right, that we can't see the opportunity in front of us. And so this concept that you just mentioned about like looking at change as an opportunity to find your strengths and to find your deep genius, I think is really powerful, right? Like to surrender to it and be like, okay, what do I have to bring to the table? And unfortunately, and I will say this of me, sometimes it takes crisis situation, like where you're faced with, oh my God, I got to figure out a way to make money or I got to find a place to live or I need a new career to kind of get us into that mode. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Which, you know, like, you know, some of us go willingly and other one of us, of us we go kicking and screaming. That was but, but, but for some people, it's like you're in a sudden situation. Yeah. I was at a, I met, I've met a couple of people recently who had been in, you know, long-term like marriages, 20, mm -hmm. 30 years, suddenly finding themselves divorced and 
just, I mean, it just unable to function, understandably, not, not, you know, but the fact that that was a major, major life change. And after the, the initial shock and everything wore off, I'm, I'm seeing them reinvent themselves and pull in these aspects of themselves to help them move forward, knowing that they can be that whole person in the next relationship they go in. They're going to be a very different person going yeah. into their next relationship than they were going into that long-term one. It's been, it's been really fascinating. So I, I agree. And, you know, I was thinking about also, it's not even just what we bring in our thoughts and our brains and our actions. Even when you were talking about physical changes, I was um, looking at something on Instagram and it was this little ad, uh, get a bikini body in 30 days. Oh, and it was this very <laughs> fit, person with a great body and it looked like she was a professional dancer and you know god bless her it's great good for you but this one woman commented and she says you know how you get a bikini body go put a bikini on there you're in the body you got the bikini and i i had a life-changing moment trying to look at myself thinking what am i always trying to cover up and hide with my clothes you know with the swimwear and you know what i did I went out and got a bikini. Good for you. I haven't gotten a bikini since I was probably, I don't know, it's probably been 20 years, but it was really like I did the tankini and all of that. But I just said to myself, okay, there's something I'm going to learn through this experience and it might be the absolute self-acceptance or maybe I want to recreate the aesthetic where the midlife muffin top just becomes absolutely <laughs> sexy. It's a thing. <laughs> Everybody wants, oh, she's so gorgeous. Look at that. Look at that belly. <laughs> that's what I want to do. I want to redefine the aesthetics. Yeah, like, but you know what? But that's, for girls with their washboard abs. Yeah, I know. I, but, but that's, I mean, that is how we reclaim it though, right? Is literally us getting over ourselves long enough to step out and say, this is it. Like, this is what it looks like as opposed to trying to, you know, plastic surgery or mold ourselves back into something we were when we were 20. Like the mm -hmm. idea that you should maintain your 20 or 30 year old body into your 50s is so beyond bizarre <laughs> when you think about it. Like nothing else in nature stays the same. And for some people, it's just kind of natural. Some you people, know, it's totally I natural. Yeah. Christy Brinkley, 65, she looks amazing. She you know, other amazing. people, they're, they've had some different, you know, it's just gone the natural way. Look at your, you know, they God say, look at your mother. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. very true. So I, yeah, I think that's, that's all about genetics. And I think it's, it's been a really like this whole concept of, you know, maybe this is another topic and you've already doing it on another show, but body image for, you know, midlife women is something that, I find to be really interesting that I'm really tuned into right now because I'm noticing that if you have the chiseled physique, it's okay to dress a certain way. But if you don't, it's not. And yeah. why is that? But then I go to other countries and you see like people aren't as tripped up about that as they are in the US. So, or maybe it's just a California thing. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's true. I think there are places in Europe especially that I just think are a lot more <laughs> liberal yeah. around things Ex like that. Accepting. You know, you know it's okay to be a little yes. doughy. Yes, exactly. I was in Greece last year uh, with a couple of friends and um, we decided to go to a Twitty Beach and we're like, well, are we gonna? And we're gonna. And then we're like, yeah, what the hell? So rip off the top, right? And at first you do this, oh my God, everybody's staring at my, you know, 
52-year-old, 53-year-old breasts. <laughs> but realize you look around, you're like, oh, yeah, look, everybody else has got theirs hanging out <laughs> when it doesn't yeah. matter, right? And there's, a, 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 there's actually was, I found a sense, a bit of a sense of empowerment in that. Right? Yeah. I wasn't thinking about what does my body look like. It really wasn't. <laughs> it's, I had a similar experience a couple years ago at Esalen in Big Sur. Yeah. And it was so funny because there was like 10 seconds of discomfort. And then you just look around and you're like, oh, no biggie. And it actually looked weird if somebody had something on. Exactly. It just like draws all this attention. It's like, oh, we're much better just running around in our, our skin suits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is a fascinating topic. I could literally talk about it all day. So if a person is in the process, or sorry, has found themselves in a place, let's say at the bottom of the U where they now need to reinvent themselves, what would you say is kind of the first step in terms of accessing their DG needs? If they had to take one action, what would you suggest somebody do? I think you need to have an understanding of where you are in relationship to it. I have a free resource on my website. It's called Seven Signs of Deep Genius. And it's just like a little self quiz that you give yourself. And it just gives you some ideas of where you allow yourself to do certain things and not. I think that's one place. But I also think that having that understanding of your that that combination those innate strengths those life experiences and the learned skills when i speak at leadership conferences one of the exercises i take everyone through is to find some like name all your just make a list of innate strengths and make a list of life experiences and make a list learned skills and then take one from each column and put them together and just try to find some unusual pairings oh interesting and i was at a women in engineering leadership conference and somebody's like, oh, I don't know why you're doing that with them. They're not going to get it, blah, blah, blah. Oh, did they get it? Found out that there was, I mean, yes, they were all engineers. So we, we already knew that they were going to be engineers in the room, but we didn't know the other things. We didn't know what kind of engineer. We didn't know. So life experiences, one person was an opera singer. Another person was super into crystals. Another person had just had her heart broken. That and then throw in some innate strengths. And we had them put those three things together and get with a partner and share it. And then the partner reflected back the value they heard in that from both a professional perspective and a personal perspective. And there were people leaving that session saying, we just met and we just got an idea for an app and uh, we got to go to lunch, you know? (laughs) I love that. So what were the three things? So innate strengths... Life experience, life experience, learned right. skills, like, you know, formally trained something like Steve Jobs, yeah. like education or whatever. Right. Yeah. Steve Jobs learned calligraphy when he was in college. He took a calligraphy class and everybody's like, why are you taking that calligraphy class? And then when Apple computers started, what did they bring to us? They brought these gorgeous oh. fonts. <laughs> Perfect example of, you know, how those things, his natural aesthetics with learning about, you know, and the tech experience. So we have to really kind of go in there and see how can we really, you know, tap into those. I meet a lot of people who have a lot of empathy and there's this deep, deep caring. And by them being in a leadership position, it is so good for everybody involved. And they might not have identified themselves as a leader before, but understanding that empathy is their greatest strength helps put them on a new path to leadership, to maybe define their leadership in a different way, to quantify the value of having all that empathy. 
there are all sorts of different ways that we can go around it. I love that exercise so much, like lining up those things. I've never thought about it that way, but yeah, three like incredibly, you know, like experience your innate strengths. And then, you know, the things that you've been formally trained on lining those things up. Yeah. That's brilliant. It's awesome. It's fun. It's the the beautiful Venn diagram that we all are. But the great thing about it is it's, there's no one, you know, combination. There's so many. And every now and then you have to pull them all together and realize, I don't know, you just, I, I, I think it's, it's not like you're constantly thinking about like, which strengths am I standing in right now? You're just understanding that you bring this energy and this life and this fire in you wherever you go. Mm. And that's, I think I love, love, love that. So one final question. It's about your Maven legacy. So people who listen to me on this podcast uh, know that I talk a lot about the concept of Maven being um, and being the perfect articulation of women in midlife, being a trusted expert with knowledge and wisdom to share with the world. So what would you like your Maven legacy to be? Mm. Or what do you think it will be? Well, I know that in the people that I mentor and the people that I'm around, I've always been the person who's really curious, asking lots of questions and wanting to try the new thing. And sometimes I get together with people my age, like a high school reunion or something, you know, like that. And I notice that there are people who become stodgy, stuck in their ways, Mm -hmm. stuck in their thinking, making generalizations about younger people, making, you know, over romanticizing our past. I everybody bashes millennials. I love millennials. You know? <laughs> I, I, I had a millennial tell me that I'm like a. She's like, you're actually a millennial, and I go, I can't think I am. So, so, <laughs> so it's that stay. You you stay youthful and you stay connected by staying curious. And mm. whatever you can do, if everything you do can just always remind people about that, to encourage people about that. Um, it's not like I'm building a library or I'm starting a foundation. I just want people to have an outlook on life that gets them constantly hungry to learn something new, yeah. try something new, do something different, and to innovate, like never stop innovating. Wow. That's amazing. That's so powerful. I love that so much. All right. So where can people find you if they want to find more about Deep Genius? And like, for example, you referenced a, a resource on your site. Where can people find you? My website is talentandgenius.com. And when you are there, there's all sorts of stuff you can do. You can click on the links that say coaching and speaking and training and learn about working with me and having me come into your life or your organization. Um, There's some free stuff that's there. It could change at some point. So I'll just say there's some free stuff there. (laughs) Okay. It might be seven sides of deep genius. It might be 10 bold moves for your personal brand. It might be something else. Uh, something equally as valuable. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't give out junk. I'll tell you. I don't give out junk. I would just sign up for whatever it is because every week I send out a little message and I try to give folks a little bit of encouragement in that way. And so, yeah, that's cool. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today, everybody listening. I urge you to go check out Nancy's Deep Genius resources because I think we can all use a little bit more of owning our our genius like every one of us, like putting ourselves front and center and just really owning who we are and all the parts that come with it. So thank you for sharing this with us. And um, yeah, I'm excited to hit publish on this one. (laughs) Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Old Chicks No Shit podcast. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give is to share this podcast with a friend, subscribe, rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen in. 